Welcome to the Coaching Connection Podcast, brought to you by the Gateway Training Center, the home for all of your life coach training needs. I am Katie Rushton, educator and your trusted friend in the coaching world. I am here to share with you best practices, coaching examples, and tools to help you on your professional coaching journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fred Rushton Podcast where I get to teach you all of the wonderful things that I know and love about life coaching. Hold up. What? What are you doing? Um, my listeners are waiting. What are you interrupting me for? <laughs> because this is the Gateway Coaching Connection podcast, not the Fred Rushton show. Ah, I thought I'd get away with it. <laughs> nice try. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Coaching Connection podcast. We are on session four out of the six that we plan to do. As we are halfway through the six sessions that we will be demonstrating for the podcast, I'm going to also ask questions at the beginning to evaluate the progress of where we are. This is something that I would do at midpoint or around midpoint with those that I am working with. You are welcome to take center stage now, Fred because you are the coachee. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's jump in. Fred, as we are halfway through our coaching working relationship, I wanted to take just a couple of minutes to ask you a few questions to evaluate the progress that you have experienced so far. Okay. Firstly, what have you enjoyed about the sessions that we've had? I've enjoyed that they've been somewhat eye-opening to the things that I have, well, the things that have really been going on in my head and really being able to get a grasp on what it is that I want and what's going to help me in the goals that I have. What you are describing is known as metacognition. This is the idea of analyzing what thoughts we have about our thinking patterns. And this leads to clarity and insight that allows you to create that roadmap for change. In what ways would you like to be challenged more? Actually, I think I'm comfortable with the pace that we have already created. And especially that I'm realizing that it's having effect beyond the coaching sessions that we already have. For example, this week, I was able to be a part of an activity where I wrote down something that I'm trying to change. So I used my morning routine and then there was some exploration around that. And I realized that as I'm striving to create structure with my morning routine, that is actually in direct contrast to a value I hadn't considered before, which is flexibility. By having that realization, what impact has that had on your approach toward your morning routine? Well, it's made me realize that I've been trying to put myself in this well-structured, rigid box of doing this by this time for this long. And that's just not really something that I'm apt to want to do. So I've realized that I can still keep this morning routine, just have a little more flexibility around it. For example, I've still kept my same morning routine every day and I've gotten ready, but I haven't necessarily showered every morning. I may have waited till the evening or just until I had a little more time later in the day. In terms of being challenged, then what I'm hearing is 
you like the momentum of our conversations, and you're also seeing benefits outside of our time together. I also don't want to skip over that you just told me you were able to be successful every day with the implementation of your morning routine. What was it that changed for you that allowed you to follow through with that commitment? I would say that the biggest change was really the amount of commitment I felt at the end of our last session. I felt like I was able to really grasp and understand what I'm going to gain from this, as well as how to make sure that it is a success. I'm sensing that you're starting to feel aligned with your mindset, confidence, and then your purpose. And I'm realizing also that going back to what I talked about before about wanting to switch out of the passenger seat, I really am now sitting in the driver's seat. As I listen to you express what you've just shared about going from the passenger side to the driver's seat in your own life, I can see that you're looking off to the distance and you have this subtle smile and an aura about you as if you're feeling silently proud. Yeah, yeah, I am. Looking forward, when the coaching process comes to a natural end and you are no longer working with a coach, where would you like to be standing that is going to set you up for success working on your goals? I want to continue building my trust in my own decisions so that I don't have any doubt that I will follow through on my plans. What would you like to work on during our session today that will help you get one step closer to that vision? I'd like to work on my trust in the decision I've already made to do the 52 Fears project in the first place. What do you mean when you say work on the trust element of the decision? Well, I feel like I'm not really where I should be right now with the project. Like I should be working on the fourth fear when I really haven't even finished the second. And part of that is due to feeling like I haven't been able to make the time to dedicate to it that it needs. And so I've started to question my own ability to even complete this project in the first place. I noticed that you said the phrase, I should, a couple of times as you were describing where you want to be, but you're not quite there yet. What belief is driving the I should belief? Hmm, let me think about that. I think I would say that it's the belief that if I don't follow through with this, then I've let myself down and I'm not good enough. What connections do you see between I'm not good enough, I should, and the doubt that you're experiencing in contrast to the trust? Well, it seems like they're all feeding and building on each other. It actually kind of reminds me of that story of how there's two wolves inside us all, and the one you feed is the one that wins. Huh. What an interesting connection. How would you describe your two wolves? And which one are you feeding? Well, one wolf for sure is the doubt and feeling like 
or thinking I'm not good enough. And then the second wolf would be confidence and a desire to get done no matter what the circumstances. And at this point, I would say that I have been feeding the first wolf more. How would you say you are feeding the first wolf? I'm feeding the first wolf by focusing on the doubt rather than focusing on the trust. And just because I'm behind doesn't mean I need to scrap the whole thing and quit. It seems as if the doubt is creating a level of resistance. Experiment with me for a moment. Imagine life six months from now and you haven't moved forward with the 52 Fears project. What will you experience looking back? Six months from now looking back, I would feel disappointed in myself for not sticking with something that I wanted to do, I was committed to, and also could have been impactful, not just for me, but potentially for many other people. Even today, we had some friends over and I was talking to them about this project and straight away they asked me where they could find the podcasts and obviously they're not out yet, so I said that, that they aren't. And it just was driven home to me the fact that there are people out there that want to hear this and would benefit from this. And if I don't follow through, then that will never happen. I imagine that brought up mixed emotions for you. Yeah, I definitely felt encouraged knowing that they were so eager and wanted to just go and find it right away. And at the same time, I again felt a little disappointed in myself that I haven't got it out to be able to be found right now. Let's imagine six months from now again, but this time you have dedicated the time needed to move forward with the 52 Fears project. Now, disclaimer, doesn't mean that you have exactly 24 fears talked about on your podcast or social media, just that you've moved forward and you are happy with the place you are at, wherever that may be. Again, looking back, what would be the contrasting experience? Looking back at that point, I would feel encouraged that I was able to create something that was able to potentially have an impact and also just excited for the possibilities of what it could do in the future. Describe how you would be changed by the experience. I'd say I would be changed by just having more confidence in myself, more of that trust in my own choices, and just having a better general outlook on my ability to accomplish anything in life. One of the outcomes you described would be developing a deeper sense of self-efficacy, the belief in you and your ability to, to do the things that you want to do. Something that I would like to highlight about our conversation so far is the assumption that you want to move forward with the 52 Fears Project and that doubt is really a stumbling block because you are not as far as you would like to be. Fred, what is your truth? What is your 
heart's desire in terms of wanting to move forward or not wanting to move forward with the 52 Fears project? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I don't know that I would say that I don't want to do it. I just feel like my focus has somewhat shifted from completing the 52 Fears project with another project that I have going on, which is building up a woodworking business. And the things that I have been doing, especially with the morning routine, I've kind of been using to build more time toward the woodworking rather than the 52 Fears. May I share a concept with you? Yeah. Okay. It goes like this. When you don't have to think about anything, what you then think about is what you value or what is important to you. What I heard you say is equivalent to time. When you had time available, what you then chose to do was work on a different project and a, a different area of your business. What does that tell you? Well, it's telling me that given the choice, I would choose the woodworking if that's what I have chosen. And what is that telling you? Well, that that's where my heart lies at the moment. Knowing that that's your heart's desire, where does that leave the 52 Fears project? Well, it's kind of hard to say because this is how I see it. The woodworking is something that I know, it's something I have passion for, and the 52 Fears project is, well, it's about overcoming fear. So naturally, it's a lot more uncomfortable. What I'm hearing you say then is that woodworking is both a, a passion and safe, whereas the 52 Fears project that's the unknown and it's in your growth zone. Yeah, exactly. And it takes me back to what we were talking about last week with instant gratification, where the woodworking is sort of the same thing in the fact that it's comfortable, where the 52 fears is very much uncomfortable. And to avoid being uncomfortable, you make the choice to do something that you know. Mm -hmm. The message that I hear within your words is that you want both. You want to be able to develop your business around woodworking, and you want to be able to work on this project to bless you and to bless other people. If you had unlimited resources, and knew that you could thrive, what would you do differently? Well, I would do both and be successful in both. Based on our conversations so far, central to what you're trying to change is how you manage your time. And I would anticipate that if I was to ask the question, what resources you feel are limited, <laughs> you would say... Time, definitely. <laughs> time. Instead of seeing time as a limited resource, and you come from the angle of 
how can you be resourceful with your time? What would change? I think it goes back to a similar concept as the analogy of the wolves I used before. Am I thinking from a more pessimistic view of starting the day feeling like I'm already behind? Or am I starting it excited for what is ahead? Throughout our conversation today, you have made several discoveries about what mindset you're operating from and the lens that you are seeing certain things through. How would you describe your mindset when operating in a way that aligns with who you are and what you want? I would describe my mindset as saying things to myself like, I am confident. I know that I can do this. I have all the time that I need. I'm able to manage my time and resources to create success. I trust in my ability to follow through on the choices I have made. On a scale of one to five, five being you do trust in your decisions and choices, and one being that you still have questions, where would you say you are now in relation to trusting your decision to move forward with the 52 Fears project? I would say I'm at a five. I really want to do this. As you move from insight to action, now that you've gained clarity around what has been holding you back, that resistance that you are feeling, and you've been able to describe the mindset that you want to operate from, what's next? It would be easy for me to say that I just need to go and do it, but I am learning more and more that it's important for me to be more intentional about exactly what it is that I want to do and will do. I don't want to have it be the case that I just say I'll go and do it and then the week goes by and I come back and say that it just didn't happen because of one reason or another. So I think the next step to take would be to work through a somewhat specific and intentional plan to know exactly what I'm going to do this week that will lead me to success. What would you like the focus of that success to be? As a note to our listeners, we decided that we would pause the recording and that for the planning aspect to what came next, instead of recording 10 minutes of silence, I would ask Fred certain questions for him to create a snapshot of his week. And now we're going to jump back in as if that happened. It, it did happen. <laughs> and he is going to share with you the two main focuses of the, the week and what he's written down. All right, so the two main focuses are time management and completing all of the tasks for my first fear with respect to the 52 Fears Project. And what that includes is creating a 20-minute podcast, which I plan will take about two hours for the recording and editing. Then social media introduction video, which for about a 10-minute video, I imagine will take about 30 minutes to complete. 
and then creating a website landing page, which that's probably going to take a little longer, some more like three to four hours. So altogether, that's about six and a half hours on the long end. So my goal is to plan 90 minutes a day, and Monday through Friday, and that will give me seven and a half hours. So I'll have a one hour buffer. And then as for the time management aspect, there's a list of other activities that I typically do and need to get done throughout the day. So those are things like attending the classes we teach, grading, working on the woodworking, cooking meals, doing some cleaning, walking the dogs. Then also we have date night and I want to get some leisure time in there, shopping, that kind of thing. So as for the the actual schedule of each day. Monday, I have class from 9 to 11, and then the rest of the day, I can schedule what I want to work on and get ahead on. Then Tuesday is pretty full. I've got about three to five hours of grading and then working on the podcast, which currently is taking about five hours to complete. Then Wednesday, I've got Two different classes, one from 1.30 to 3, and then 6 to 7.30. And the rest of that time I have to manage for success. Then Thursday, I have 9 to 10.30, a class, and then a Toastmasters meeting from 6.30 to 7.30. And then the rest of that time is open for me to schedule as needed. And then Friday, basically the whole day is open. So I've got plenty of opportunities to fit in the 90 minutes a day to make sure that I can actually get my tasks to complete my first fear done, as well as all of the other things that I get to do. So now you have this snapshot of your week and you've been able to detail your tasks. What would you like to do to make sure that you implement it and stick to it? The first thing I'm going to do is transfer this plan to my calendar and then I'm going to keep an inventory of the time I spend on all of these tasks so that next week I know how to adapt. Part of our discussion last week was on self-regulation and discipline and using that strength in new ways each day throughout the week. First of all, <laughs> how did that go? And second of all, how does what you've achieved today and set as your goal for the week ahead enhance and build upon what you were able to achieve last week. Well, I wasn't quite as intentional about that as I had hoped to have been. On reflection, the success that I was able to have with my routines was able to strengthen my self-discipline. As I track my time this week, it will help me develop self-regulation because it will highlight areas where I can develop discipline. As you strengthened one area, it naturally had a, a positive consequence on the other areas where you were typically getting distracted in the past. As you think of the goals that you have for this week and what you want to work on, what obstacles do you foresee, if any, that you need to plan for? I think this is the point I can actually say, I just need to go and do it. <laughs> the only obstacle I potentially can foresee is just remembering to actually track my time when I'm in the midst of the tasks. So I think what I can do to 
plan for that is tonight, before I go to bed, make a chart for how I'm going to track it and then just leave it up on my computer so it's the first thing I see in the morning and then I'll just be able to fill it out through the day. Thank you, Fred. That is the beauty of coaching a coach. They will give you the answer of what they want to do before you even need ask. <laughs> before I step out of the coaching role 100%, I do have one more question for you, Fred. And that is, what has been the greatest discovery you've had during today's session? I would say that it's realizing the mindset that I've been having around the conflict between the woodworking and the 52 Fears projects. Knowing that I was sort of using the woodworking as like a instant gratification was really eye-opening to the fact that there is a deeper, potentially more meaningful opportunity with 52 Fears. I've really noticed a pattern during our sessions that you allow me to take you to a place which really uncovers the blocks within your mindset and even the connection to your emotions and behavior. You, you break that down and then you let me go to a place where you get vulnerable and then you build yourself back up in a way that you, you want that is going to serve you and create the life you want. So as a, a spouse, <laughs> as a coach, and having this opportunity to spend this time together, really talking about your hopes and your dreams and, and the manner that we are, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you for sharing this with me and with those that listen to our podcast. And again, thank you to our listeners for supporting us in this journey to be able to bring tools and effective concepts to the world of coaching to elevate the profession and to strengthen the profession so please leave a review five stars you can see the button <laughs> leave a comment and share your favorite episodes with other people whether that is coaches or people that are looking to become a life coach thank you